0: well hello hello how you doing how you doing this is the s anthony says podcast this is the s anthony thomas and i am back you bastards this is episode number 329 okay i was off for a week i had a little bit of a technical issue that i couldn't uh fix in time so we had to take a little time off one week to retool things but guess what i'm back you bastards i'm back baby problem solved did you miss me
1: Must be missed you. You're double incredible.
0: Why? Thank you. Voice that's really me talking to the right side of the microphone. (laughs) Let's start this thing. (laughs) So basically, like I said, basically, I just had a little bit of a technical issue that I couldn't uh, fix in time, and I didn't want to be. To me, to me, the podcast is kind of like medicine. Not in an egotistical way, like well, my podcast will cure all that ill that uh, that ails you. What I mean by that is, if you have medicine that you're supposed to be taking. What doctors usually say is if you wait a certain amount of time uh, to take the medicine, say for the sake of argument, you're supposed to take the medicine at 10 o'clock and you're going about your day and everything is so hectic that you really it's so hectic that you forget to take your medicine. And all of a sudden it's 1130 at night. Well, you wouldn't take your day, your daily dose of the medicine for at that time. You would just wait until the next Time that you you know, the next uh, morning at 10 o'clock to take your medicine. That's what, And I think the podcast is like this. By the time the technical snafus and the problems that I had were solved, it was Thursday. You know, I didn't want to put out a Thursday uh, episode on Thursday and then turn right around and put out the episode on Sunday like I normally do. So and so I had to skip that week. Um, and, you know, me, I've been doing this almost five years. I don't skip weeks unless I have to. I think it's only happened a couple of times. Uh, maybe two or three times in five years, so that's not bad, is it? Of
1: course not. It's not bad at all. You're an incredible man.
0: Thank you very much. Voice, that's really me talking to the right side of the microphone. <laughs> Moving on. Now, folks, let me ask you. This this is something i wanted to talk to you about for a while, and you know, as everybody knows, I'm I'm writing a new stand-up show. I'm pretty much taking all the stuff that I wrote, um, because I had written a show that I was going to do. Um, That I was going to take with me and and I kind of looked at it and I went "You know, This is good. This is going to work. They're going to laugh at this and, you know, put it on stage and smack it around. But it doesn't necessarily really feel like a me show. What I I mean, the person that I am now, you know, this show was more in line with who I was years and years ago, not in, in line with who I am now. I want this to be an S. Anthony Thomas set. You know, not a Steve Thomas set. I want this to be an S. Anthony Thomas set. And I'm not going to do any Steve Thomas material. I'm going to do nothing but S. Anthony Thomas material for the next 40 to 50 years. Unless I get hit by a bus and then it'll be whatever amount of time between now and being hit by a bus. <laughs> I'm not going to get hit by a bus. So that, so I say that because I, I, I was remembering back in the day when I was performing and going to different cities all the time, which I'll be doing again in the future, obviously. And I was I remember sitting in a hotel room and have you ever just sat back and and noticed somebody else that was so successful in their particular field that you weren't even jealous of them? You just kind of go, good Lord. And you just kind of went, you know, when you just kind of clapped your hands for them, like, I can't even be jealous of this person. Well, th- imagine if you saw an entire family like that. So I'm, I'm in a different city. I'm not going to say the city and I'm going to change some things about uh, what actually happened, because I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to know who I'm talking about, because I, if I got too specific, I would be I would people would know what city I was talking about. And thus, they would know what family I'm talking about. So I'm not going to do that. So there's going to be some uh things changed here. I just want to let you know that. So say I'm in the city, I'm sitting down and I'm I'm uh, I order some pizza and um, I'm watching the TV and I'm waiting for a show on cable to come on that I wanted to see. I got back. I got the pizza faster than I thought, so I'm going, ah, I got some 15 minutes before the show. Should I scarf this crap down now or wait till the show I want to see comes on? <laughs> Who am I kidding? It was a whole pizza. I could do both. <laughs> I was a lot fatter then. Shut up. Anyway, so I'm watching, I turn on the television, and there, you know, when you go to a different, every city has, prominent families for that particular city you know they they've been successful for generation after generation they always have these masquerade balls or charitable trust or something like that it's named after the family and if you're from a big city there's always families like that and this was a pretty big city and there was the Johnson family obviously not really their name and this family was so damn successful it almost wanted to make you wanted to vomit also, it made me want to say that sentence that I just said previously really, really badly. <laughs> right? And they're going, in the Johnson family, the Johnson family trusts... Oh, if you're from this particular city, you know all about the Johnson family and how much they have done for this particular city that S. Anthony's not going to name because he doesn't want to let anyone know what city it is and he's going to change a few things anyway when he tells the story but you get the point. Mr. Johnson, the father, he's an older guy worth billion dollars and hundreds of billions and quadrillion quadrillion, gazillion dollars. His wife came to him and married him but she was also just like him a self made person and she also made quadra bazillion quadra dollars and they got together and they made children now, Mr. Johnson is a double PhD, quadruple PhD, with quadruple PhDs on top of his PhD. He has a master's degree. <laughs> just kidding. Why would he settle for that crap? They're all PhDs. I don't know how many he has, but it's a whole lot of them. And his wife, well, she's just like him. He actually had two more PhDs than he. she had. She couldn't take that crap. She took two things and got two more PhDs than subjects she don't even give a damn about. But even though she loves her husband and she's proud of him, she can. not have 8 PhDs when he has 10 hell no so she has 2 more PhDs so she has just as many PhDs on top of PhDs as his ass have which is why people behind them call them the PhD cuss- the couple because they got so much PhDs the bastards and now they're children they have 4 wonderful children and this is the part that annoys you Is I mean it's not annoys you but it's just like really weird to see that much Success in one family. Normally every family has you know regular folks some people aren't doing so well most people are doing pretty good or okay and then they have that one person that just destroys compared to everybody else you know everybody else is just you know regular working people you work in a factory you work in an office and then you have that one lawyer in the family or that one doctor in the family or that one person that did something huge in the family compared to everyone else and they're the shining star and everybody talks about that guy well not in this family my friend because as the johnsons had their four children and they both have 10 PhDs. Wait a minute. While I was talking, they both got two more PhDs. Now they're both at 12. Calm down, jackasses. We get the point. You got all the money. You still look good for your ages. Or you're obviously still banging each other because you're feeling each other up when we weren't looking. Just calm down. You're making us all sick. Anyway, let's talk about their four children. Their oldest child is a boy. Their son, Mr. Johnson Jr., and guess what? He has five Ph.D.s, but the Ph.D. on top of the Ph.D.s. Their oldest daughter, their second child, she can't take that crap. She's just like mommy, and she can't have her older brother, who she loves dearly, have more Ph.D.s than she did. So she overachieved and got five Ph.D.s simultaneously to catch his ass. And in, in addition to that, they're both double doctor, quadruple lawyers. Oh. Oh man, that family's accomplished. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's just a fluke. You can't have two kids that are that accomplished and then have a total of four kids. I'm sure the kid after that, the third kid, that kid, whoops, oops, wrong again, four PhDs, and he's also a double NASA scientist, quadruple microbiologist, double doctor lawyer. Wow, this kid's even better than his older his older siblings, and his mom and dad are proud. That's fantastic. Well, and well, if you got three kids that are that successful and over-the-top successful and quadruple mega overachievers, I'm pretty sure child number four Is just as what, bachelor's degree, oh, wow! So you're going for your master's? No, Um, quitterer. Ah, ah, well your parents are billion gazillion quadrillion gazillion market your papa your brothers and sisters are millionaires heading towards quappa the rapper i'm pretty sure okay maybe you don't have your master's degree you just have a bachelor's degree but you're probably some kind of double genius quadruple genius who invented something you know like those guys that drop out of college and then they go off and invent microsoft or google or some crap like that i'm pretty sure what you you own a small business mm wow uh mr johnson mrs johnson yes um yeah this this uh film uh, we're doing this documentary on you about your double and quadruple and double and quadruple and quintuple incredible family and uh your kids well three of them are fantastic and double quadruple incredible just like you but uh this last kid your youngest kid um he has uh, just a bachelor's degree. Oh, no, 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 Don't say that out loud. Don't say it out loud. Just let him, you know, uh, just, just shh. there's no reason to say that out loud. Yeah, we really kind of, uh, we don't want people to know that he just has a bachelor's degree and he doesn't have a quadruple, quadruple, and double, incredible, quadruple, incredible stack of PhDs like all the rest of our winter children
1: um
0: well i was just wondering if is there I mean, uh, I mean i mean there's really enough i mean most people would love to have a bachelor's degree yeah but most people aren't the johnson family we uh we make phd quadruple P in fact they're literally going to change it from phd to johnson hd we're still working on that yeah they we're gonna do that okay um so what do you want me to do with your youngest son oh uh does he have to be in the special i'm just saying is it I mean, I love them and everything, uh, but uh. So you you re- you're implying you, but I mean, people know you have four children. Uh, no, not really. Uh, you just said we have some kids, and we said our kids have PhDs and stuff, and then we kind of, you know, kind of gloss over that. Yeah, we don't really talk about it much. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I already took the photos. Heard of Photoshop, right? Uh, you want me to Photoshop your youngest child? Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if there, if, we, if we did want that to happen, you do have the ability to do so. Oh well, sure I could. I you know, I, I'm, you know, no. I'm I, unlike your youngest child. I also have a um, I have a master's degree. Well, a master's degree, no PhD. Okay. Hey, 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 hey! I ain't one of your kids. Calm down over there. Oh no problem, no problem. Uh, so uh, what do you want me to do with the youngest kid? Oh. Uh... I don't know. Honey, are you sure you didn't cheat on me with someone who's just very smart? No, that's your child, damn it. Yeah, and kind of looks like me, too. God. God. Thought I had an out there. Oh, God. This is getting embarrassed. This is getting really uncomfortable. I don't even necessarily know. I'm just, I'm just a reporter. I'm just trying to do this documentary on you guys. Um... I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, I mean, he's, he's the youngest. So basically, if he, if you just have him on the special with you and everyone else has PhDs, then people will assume that he's on the way to a PhD. You know, if that's really what's bothering you. Yeah. Other kids all had PhDs by 15. So no, no. Yeah. They're really, really super smart like us. He's just very smart. Um, wow. Uh, I'm not going to judge you guys. I'm just going to look, um, I mean, you don't treat him differently because he doesn't have quadruple and quadruple PhDs. Oh, of course not. We never treated him different. Yeah, you do, Dad. You did treat me different. You're treating me different all the time. you treated me different. All right? You should see how they treat me. Oh, what do they do to you? Okay, the other time I came home, right? I told them I was very, very proud to come home for Thanksgiving. I show up in my Mercedes. Yeah, base model. I know it's a base <laughs> I make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year after taxes, Dad. Is that all right with you? Oh, my cars all cost more than that. Oh, come on, man. Ugh. Look, uh, I, I don't really need to be in the middle of this. Can, can I just talk to your your son for a while? Yeah, you can talk to him as long as you want. Keep his ass off the special. Wow. Uh, mm, sorry, guy. Uh, so what, what what's going on here? They don't, they think less of me because of, I don't have their level of education. But I think compared to most people, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing, I think, mean, $250,000 a year after, after taxes. And I think that's pretty good. The thing that annoys me the most, and this is really embarrassing, I go home for Thanksgiving dinner. I'm hanging out with them. First of all, they make me park two blocks away. First of all, they have five cars there with everyone's family, right? And, uh, there's, there's seven spaces. There was a place to park right there. And then, uh, you know, they had all the places and signs outside that said PhDs only. And I'm going, ha, 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 very funny. And I tried to park and then they had security usher me out and they had someone tow my car two blocks away saying, I come back when you have some real education. Wow. Uh. Mm, did not know I had walked into the middle of this. Oh, dear, we're not done yet, buddy. Alright, I go inside the house there, right? I'm sitting there I'm trying to have a pleasant conversation with my parents. First of all, they would not look directly at me, okay? They would not look directly at me. They close all the windows every time I walk around the living room talking about they don't want me- people to know I'm who, I. that I'm there, right? Somebody came in the house, somebody came in the house to borrow some sugar, and they told them I was part of the wait staff. And I'm going, wait, staff. I'm your son. And they said, stop it, Bowie. And you've been working here for a long period of time. You're like family, but you're not really family. And that was embarrassing. Whoa, uh, yeah, oh, uh, you know what, I, I, I think I got enough footage. You, know, I know. you don't have enough footage, damn it, I'm not done talking. Anyway, so I come down to sit to have dinner with them, all right, this, this, this is incredible. I'm trying to have food, I'm trying to eat with my family, they made me sit at the kids' table. They had a sign on the back of the chair where I should be sitting and it said only if you make two million dollars a year Two, two. I don't make two million dollars a year. I make two hundred and fifty thousand after taxes. Yeah, I know you've probably said it like six or seven times. Well, do you make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year? I don't really see how that's important. Oh, my, maybe you're uh, too broke for me to talk to. <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. I'm just kidding. I make about one hundred and ten thousand. Wow, loser. Whoa, See, you're doing to me the same thing they did to you. I was I sorry, was, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Let me just say, anyway, so I'm trying to eat dinner with my family, all right? And I'm sitting there, and they're trying to make me sit at the kids' table. And I said, damn it, I am not sitting at the kids' table. I'm a part of this family just because I don't have a PhD like the rest of you jackasses does not mean I don't deserve respect. And they said, all right, you can come sit at the table. So I finally sit down at the table, and they say, Grace. And they, and they end the with, we'll pray for the loser at the table. I'm like, wait a minute. I make 250 They said, when they said it back to me, we know 250 nothing. You know, Texas. Mocking me. You sound kind of hurt. I am hurt, damn it. Right? My, I heard my mother and father in a, in a room in the kitchen. They were bringing in the turkey and they were making the plates for everybody and they were going to bring the plates out i'm going why are they making the plates in the back and i overheard them saying they wanted to have everybody sneak into the kitchen and spit in my plate because i'm such a loser whoa uh i'm starting to think that maybe uh this documentary is taking kind of an ominous turn here uh and uh, I was a, I was a little uncomfortable in the beginning, but uh, to be honest with you, I think I'm going to make a whole lot of money off of this thing. So much so that I'm going to go back to school. You're going to go back to school? Yeah. I have a master's degree, but I'm going to get my PhD so I can be like your winner family and not like a piece of shit like you. Oh, this is some bullshit, man. I'm not signing the release. <laughs> you already signed the release, punk. Okay, I went a little far with that. But you understand what I'm saying. Right. Every family has a black sheep. You have a black sheep in your family and if you may be the black sheep of your family. I'm not the black sheep of my family. OK. But that's just the way it is, man. But if you're the black sheep of the family, it's really, really a a weird thing because everybody kind of focuses on you. And if you're outside and you're a friend of the family or an acquaintance of the family or neighbors of the family, it's uncomfortable. But if there's, if there's a black sheep, the black sheep kind of goes away. Right. If it's a criminal black sheep, everybody shuns the criminal black sheep. If the black sheep just an asshole, they, they sh- the black sheep goes away. If the black sheep is just kind of a, quote, loser, unquote, you know, they kind of disappear, but they're not they're kind of harmless. Right. What I started to see and what I started to notice was a lot of people don't necessarily just have a black sheep in the family. They have something that is actually worse than having a black sheep in your family. Only thing worse than having a black sheep in the family is having several semi-a-holes in the family, right? Because if a black sheep is in the family, you can almost kind of track the black sheep. You live in New Jersey, the black sheep lives in Florida, right? You have common friends. You kind of know that that person's not going to come around, right? They'll probably be too ashamed to come around. Or when they come around, everybody, you know, bills in town, you know, ah, shit, and you can warn all your relatives. You know what I'm talking about. But what about you You come from a family where about five or six people in your family are semi-a-holes? You can't track five semi-a-holes, can you? Of course you can't. And semi-a-holes are semi-a-holes because sometimes they're a-holes and sometimes they're not a-holes. So you don't know which person you're getting. You don't know whether you're getting the nice version of them, the nice them, the pleasant them, or the a-hole that starts problems. You're having a nice dinner at your house. The semi-hole shows up. You got your guard up. You're ready to throw his punk behind out of your house when he starts acting like a jackass. But he's been pleasant. He comes into the house at 4 o'clock. You're going to have dinner at 6. You're wondering why he's there early. You're going, oh, no, he's here to start trouble. It's now 4.30, and he's been funny and charming. But you still got your guard up. You ain't letting that punk fool you, Jack. You got your guard up. It's now 5. It's been an hour. He's been pleasant. Okay. Ah, uh, here comes the alcohol. The alcohol's coming out. You already got the you already got Uber on your phone. You're gonna Uber his drunk ass home if he gets drunk at five thirty. He's only had a it's the same beer. In fact, he took that beer, got warm, he put it back in the refrigerator, forgot about the beer, went back into the refrigerator and got the same beer it's now 6 30 and everybody's here you're having a great time the music is going and everybody's having a great time the thing you're gonna watch you decide to watch a movie together you watch a movie together everything's great it's 9 30 it's 10 o'clock everything's great he goes home whoa maybe he's changed
1: maybe he's changed yay
0: some time passes you wake up the next morning you go out and you realize your car is not there oh no my car was told oh damn it you know, I better call, you know, I don't have any tickets, but the, you know, there's sometimes the people on the street, they tow your car. There's a mistake. There's somebody else that lives near me that has a very similar car. And they may think it, that it's that person I might have. I, you know, maybe I'm going to go down there with my ID and to make sure that they know that it's not my car. They picked up the wrong car. and Maybe I'll be able to get my car back. I got the money. I know it's going to cost some money to get my car out. Not a big deal. You know, I'm, I'm going to make that other person and pay for it. I'm going to sue them or something, but, but, but whatever. I just got to go back down and get my car and you find out. No your car was not towed oh yeah we saw the guy come out of your house with your keys he he was like he's like a relative of yours and he just drove off in your car if it was somebody else i would have called you but i mean he looked like a relative of yours (laughs) he stole your car that bastard Now you don't know whether to call the police or not because you don't want to get him arrested. You don't want your relative to go to jail. You want to beat his ass, but you don't want to go to jail for beating his ass. And you don't want him to go to jail for stealing the car because you don't want him to go to jail. You don't want to do that. He's a relative. You grew up together. You don't want to do that. You call his house and he's like, I don't have your car. And you're going, I'm calling you from my wife's car, looking at my car in front of your house. In fact, I can see you in the window. Don't close the window. I already saw you. And then he comes out. Oh, your car! I thought you meant yourker. I thought you said yourker. That's a Swahili word that means uh, antelope. I was like, I don't have your antelope. <laughs> Here's your car keys. <laughs> why are you holding my throat? Ow! Why? Thank you for not punching me harder. <laughs> Semi a hole. Now imagine if you have five of those in your family or six of those in your family. Maybe even I've seen families that had I've seen families that had so many semi a holes in the family. It was like the family had 30 people in the city and 17 of those people were pieces of crap. You can't avoid 17 pieces of crap. So when you have a family and there's one. Black sheep, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes you you should if you have a, a family and there's one black sheep in a family, damn it, you should shut your mouth and thank your lucky stars that you only have one black sheep in a family. My family has two black sheep, right? They're not even close relatives, they're distant relatives, but they're close enough uh as far as where they live where I run into them every once in a while. They're like distant relatives. Right? Uh, they're, so, they're so distant. I don't even know whether or not they're friends of the family that we call relatives or if they're actual relatives. You know what I mean? You ever have those people that are neighbors and they're like, your, they're friends with your grandmom and their son becomes kind of like your cousin and you call each other cousin for such a long period of time and you don't realize whether you're related to the bastard or not. And it's kind of like that. So maybe I don't have black sheep in my family, but for the sake of this, I'm going to say these two people are kind of like relatives. And I had to take them to the side and I had to have to talk with them. And I very politely let them know they should probably not come to my house anymore. You know, I was very pleasant. I was very nice with it. And I'm, no matter what they said, I did not threaten to beat them down. If <laughs> y'all don't judge me. <laughs> so I just think it's, it's, there are times when you should go, you know what, I got one black sheep in the family. I'm cool with that. You know, if you have one black sheep in the family, you should be cool with that. You know, it's just the way it is, my friend. But the thing about it is, if you notice, sometimes it's not just a black sheep that's a relative. It may be even a friend that's a black sheep of your group of friends. Right. You ever have that? And I had a group of friends. My friends will create and They're still my friends. Most like ninety nine percent of them are still alive. There was some that passed away tragically, you know, got sick or, you know. Or they pissed me off. And I mean, I'm nothing. I <laughs> I uh I had an alibi. <laughs> y'all don't want to be next, do you? Good. And y'all didn't hear that. We'll move on with the rest of this podcast. Just mind your business and shut your mouth. You heard nothing. Do you understand me? <laughs> Moving on. But you have the friends that are, there's a black sheep of your friends. And I remember there was a guy and I talked about. Someone similar to this because I had I have close friends and because I'm a comedian, I tra- I used to travel a lot. I literally have clusters of friends in different locations. I'm originally from I'm in Jersey now, but I'm originally from Philadelphia. So I have my original friends from Philly, my original comedy friends and people I grew up with. That's the most sane group of people. Um, the rest are complete nuts, but this is the most sane of the nutty friends. I have a cluster of friends in New York. I have a cluster of friends in San Francisco. I have a cluster of friends in Los Angeles and in various other places. Baltimore, I have a cluster of friends, D.C., blah, 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 blah. OK. And each group, there's a couple of dudes in the group that are um, they're harmless to you for the most part as a friend or a or a semi friend. But you could tell that they're pieces of crap when it comes to other people. If you understand what I'm saying. It's like they would never try to get it on with your girlfriend. But you could see them going after other people's girlfriends to bang them when they know better than doing that. I'm like, did you did you just bang that married woman? Yeah, she had a nice ass. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you I mean, there's plenty of women. That, I mean, you're not a bad looking dude. There's plenty of women that you could have jumped on top of that weren't married. Yeah, but then but but uh, she look at that ass. I had to get me some of that. Yeah, but she she was she was married. She wasn't happily married. How do you know? Well, she was fighting with her husband, you know, and uh he he was she she was mad at him and then she needed a shoulder to cry on and then uh I let her cry on my junk a few times. Wow. Wow. But what why did you why did you Well, she was hot and she was vulnerable and um I wanted to, I, I wanted some of that ass, so you no, know, I took a we went back to my place and i and I got up in there and took care of business and put it on a real good, you know what I'm saying, and then you know she kind of threw me in her husband's face, and her husband was all mad, he comes over, he wants to fight and everything you know, and then uh he didn't realize that you know he was threatening me on the phone and then um he came over to the house, you know He said, "I'm gonna kick your ass man, and as you as you know, I'm six foot six. And I walked out and he's like, oh, damn. And then he got back in his car and went home and his wife laughed at him. And then she came over and I, I put it on her again a few times. And, and then she's like about to leave him to be with me. And I was like, <laughs> I'm bored banging you. You can go back to your husband now. Um, granted, I permanently damaged their relationship. They got divorced. I mean, that was just a, a temporary thing. You know, she should have, I mean, had I left her alone, she would have, they probably would have been able to work it out, but I, she had a nice ass. So I took it back to my house and I worked her ass out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's kind of messed up, dude. Hey man, I ain't ain't like I attacked her or anything. I said, "Yo girl, what's up?" Blah 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 blah. She was like, "He he 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 he." She rubbed my chest, and I was like, "Yeah, girl." And I kissed. in the next thing you know, you know, she's on top of me, bouncing up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I, I you know I put that work in on her. You know? I, I tore that ass up. Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. I didn't, didn't like. I It's not like I tried to break up the marriage on purpose. I just wanted to get some of that some of that booty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whoa. Um, you do know that if um, you even attempt to step to, to a lady that I'm dating that I know you're six, six and I'm only five, eight, but I, you, you do know that, um, you do know I'm going, I would, I would slam your neck in the door, right? Oh, no, no, no. It ain't got to be like that, man. And you got to be like, that. I wouldn't, you know, I would never do nothing like that to none of y'all. You know, you all like free. All my boys and everything, but everybody else, fuckem I'm going to do what I got to do. If somebody, if some girl going to offer me some ass. I'm going to tear it up. I don't care. If she's married. I don't care. If she got kids. You know what I'm saying? If she going to offer me that booty. I'm going to bust it up. You know what I mean? I'm going to give me, give me, give me. And I had to distance myself from that guy. Not only because it was immoral what he was doing, but because a couple of times dude shot at him. <laughs> it's like I'm sitting there going what did you expect to happen somebody builds his life around someone they have a momentary discomfort and you slide right in and jump up on top of somebody's wife and, uh, and then she goes and she feels bad and she's feeling guilty because she had a momentary lapse where basically she have, should have just been complaining to her girlfriends and then going back to her husband and fix the problem, which wasn't really a major problem, just at a bad time. And then you take that opportunity to move in and get up in there and take it and, and do some stuff to her and, and get it on with her. And then now she feels like crap and the marriage is permanently damaged in most cases. And you live in America and you know, there's a lot of guns here and people are going to see how big you are. You know, most guys are not as big and giant as you are. And then you know they're gonna come in and be like, I'm gonna kick that guy off, oh, damn. And then they're gonna go home, get a gun, and shoot you. Also, you you have this habit of sitting next to me because you know you always are like asking me stuff, and you know, I I, I, I really kind of don't want to get shot because you want to jump on top of married women. So, no offense, but um, get away from me. Right? I'm not going to say which cluster of friends that was because I haven't been to San Francisco in a while. Oops. Anyway. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's okay. Everybody knows who he is and it, that's okay. Y'all don't know who he is and you'll never know who he is cuz he's not in the business. And it's okay to talk about this cuz uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But we have this sorry. I just I just I I just I'm sorry. I, I never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so um like I said, you have these friends that are the, the black sheep of your friends. And it's it's really weird because what you what I started to notice as I got a little older, when I got to maybe my mid-20s, was that when you have that friend that lies a lot and does all sorts of stupid things, and they lie to you all the time, it's kind of like having a secret agent. You're a government entity, and there's a secret agent from an outside place trying to steal your secrets. Like this guy had another group of friends that was not our group of friends they were comics. We were comics. He was kind of a comic. He wasn't that great, but he was—he 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 was good enough where um, you would book him again if he did the job. If he would show up, he would do a nice job. You'd book him again. He wasn't the kind of person who'd be like this guy's the greatest, but he was good enough where he would—he could get return gigs. So we were trying to set up some things with my my group of friends, and all of a sudden, the other group of dudes were like, had moved in on the things that we were talking about. And I'm thinking, oh, man, you know. We're not the first people to think of doing this particular thing. You know, I mean, I, I've had some good ideas and, if you know, maybe it's parallel thinking, you know, never, never, never really gave it a thought. You know, not a big deal. They beat us to it. Not a big deal. And then it happened again. And I'm going, like, man, that is weird. And then it happened again. And I'm starting to go, well, let's see here. This guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy have never, ever betrayed me under any circumstance at all never i've always been able to trust these four guys but that guy is the new person to the group now i'm not going to say just because he's the new person to the group but let's be honest the original four that with me and this fifth guy this guy is new and this guy does do some shady things he's never done shady things to us never done anything shady to me that i know of but i'm wondering right So somehow I got a hold of the other four dudes, got them alone. He wasn't there yet. And I told them what I was thinking. And they were saying they were thinking the same thing. And I said, that means he has a lie pattern. And now that I know what his lie pattern is, I can use his lie pattern against his punk ass. So I wanted to set up some shows with my people, my boys, we were going to be on a show all together. We were going to make some money. There were some bars I wanted to play that I knew they paid good money and we were going to line them up. We were going to stack them during a, a lot of times in comedy. What happens is. In the summertime, if, unless you're booked, unless you're an established person, it, it gets kind of dry because those, those summer shows are booked in advance because they want to make sure they got the money right and have the booking right. And these bars are similar insofar as I like to stack them back to back to back to back to back to back to back. And other people tended to want to just hit this bar or hit this nightclub or hit and, and kind of sp- I wanted to stack them together. And it required a lot of effort to do so. And it required me making some phone calls. I didn't let the, the guys didn't have to do any of that crap. I said, you just show up. I'll tell you where to be. We'll make the money. We're going to split the money evenly. We're all going to do exactly the same amount of time. I'm not going to take more money because I called. Because eh, What difference does it make? You know what I mean? And then I said, OK, let's test this guy. So what I started to do was I started to give fake bar names. And these bars were bars that were notoriously horrible. I mean, they paid pretty well, but you did not want to be in those places if you did not have to be in those places. I talked in this podcast before, probably I think it was years ago when I talked about a gig I did one place where they literally they literally picked up five or 10 pound bags of ice and were throwing them at the acts on stage. Right. Places kind of like that. All right. Now, I didn't want to put these people in danger. I was I just wanted to test and see if this guy was the kind of sleaze bag that would try to steal gigs from us. Now, keep in mind, he's part of the crew, right? He's part of the crew of that specific city. I'm not going to this time. I'm not going to say what city I'm talking about. And I wanted to get these gigs for all of us, man. Like I said, I was the one getting the gigs and I was willing to take the money and split it evenly among everyone else. These are my friends. I mean, I, you know, I don't need to make, you know, what difference does it make? You know, we're all making money. Who cares? Right. So I said I said I have to do this. We have to test this cat because he's he's kind of shady, man. He's shady and I want to know what the deal is with this dude. I want to see if his lie pattern holds true. So I so I put out so we we're, we're brainstorming really horrible places to play that suck. Pay pretty good, but they stink. They're horrible experiences. So I go, okay. We had we had enough of them. I mean, we was like seven or eight of them, right? So he comes. Hey,
1: what's going on?
0: hey man what's going on there we got these things that we, we're all trying to talk about whether or not we're going to do these gigs man we've got these gigs together and i figure we're going to line all these gigs up man we got to get in there and get to get established in these places you know that way i mean we don't want other comics to not work or anything like that we're going to make sure we share the information but let's keep it real we're part of a, the same crew and we have to make sure we get in there first because that way we all once you get into the booking cycle once you get in there and you go in there and do a great job before you walk out of the building you will get booked back the next time so we're always going to be in the cycle and we're never going to have to worry about trying to work our way back in we'll just be part of the part of the groove oh yeah that sounds pretty good. how about you guys yeah, 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 yeah all right so these are the places um leave a little piece of paper on the table i said everybody i want you to have these uh these phone numbers and everything uh, you don't have to call them i'll take care of everything but i wanted you to be able to get in contact with them like say for the sake of argument you're running late you know what i'm saying or something like that or you need to make some kind of accommodations uh that have nothing to do with the booking you know because like i said i i'm I'm the one that has the relationship with these dudes and uh once we get in there you can build a relationship separately with these dudes and then they have other things off offshoot clubs that we can all play individually and then we're all we're all set okay right now the only now the other guys now now that i know that this guy's the liar i'm looking at the faces of my loyal friends and they all have this soft like hey what's going on there? everything's groovy face right i look back at lie boy and that's <laughs> right and it's what you know, see you've seen those uh those soap operas where the guy is a sinister guy but nobody knows but him he thinks and he goes
1: you know, Bill, I, it's great being on this
0: vacation with you. You know, it's really great that you allowed my young, attractive, delicious bodied sister to come on this vacation with us. You know, she really to just to get away because she's really having a hard time and she's really vulnerable after that breakup, you know, and, and her the, the guy she broke up with is really upset with her because, well, uh, she's a nymphomaniac who has a problem getting pregnant. I mean, it's really a problem. So what you're saying is you're, Sister with a delicious body is a nymphomania. I can say for the sake of argument, if someone was to have lots of sex with her and ejaculate inside of her delicious young vagina, her delicious 25-year-old vagina, there's a 0% chance she can get pregnant. Yes, she can't have children. Oh, really? So what you're saying is that she wants to bang constantly with her gorgeous body and that you you, you, i mean he's probably left her because she has the venereal disease right oh no she has absolutely no venereal diseases she can't get pregnant and she likes to bang constantly wow that's pretty interesting yeah so i'm going to go someplace really really far away for a long period of time so long that if say for the sake of argument just hypothetically if you were going to you know bang my sister sister just just bang the crap out of my sister viciously just she would just viciously bang you to the point where you you forgot all about me and you were to enjoy her delicious young body and you would just bang and bang and bang and bang and bang constantly you wouldn't even have to wear a condom you could literally just have sex with her constantly and i would be so far away that i would not even know about the fact that you're banging my young vulnerable perfect body sister well good thing uh good thing you have a guy like me that you can trust who definitely will not be on top of your sister constantly. How long will you be gone? a really, really long time? you know just i mean like if you would uh I could put it this way. Um, I know you wouldn't do this, of course, but you could probably bang my sister three, four hundred times by the time I get back. Oh, I definitely wouldn't do that. Okay. I'm going to go for this undetermined amount of time to this location for no particular reason. Okay. Fantastic, honey. I'll take good care of your sister. <laughs> and then the, then the lights go down and the music starts. Yeah. I'm going to take real good care of your sister. <laughs> <laughs> that he had a look like that on his face, bastard. So we're all looking at him like, "Yeah, that's great." And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know what? Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I, I just thought of something. I have to do. Definitely doesn't have anything to do with giving this information to other comics and getting a cut of their money because I'm a backstabbing piece of crap and uh, permanently damaging our friendship to the point where we're never going to speak to each other again. So I got to go right now. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Jerk off. Right." So just as a lark, I began calling the clubs that I used as fake clubs. And I acted like I wanted to be booked there. And they go, "Whoa, well, oh, man, that's too bad, man. It's too bad, Steve. I went by Steve back then. Too bad, Steve. Steve. Uh You know, those, we got those, all those weekends are booked up solid. Oh, they are, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird because normally we can't really book that many weeks up solid because, because of the reputation of the club. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people kind of get, you know, we've won the best comedy club to get your ass whipped in the parking lot award five years in a row. You, you did, did you? Yes, yes, yes. But fortunately, we were able to get, maybe we can uh, do something at a later date. Maybe we can. (laughs) Click hell no. Right? So that bastard goes to those clubs, bombs his ass off, and he didn't get his ass whooped, but he had some scary moments, and he shouldn't have gone there in the first place. Was I wrong to set his punk ass up? Yes. Am I sorry I set his punk ass up? Hell to the no. F him, that bastard. Moral of the story, ha ha ha, that's what you get, punk. (laughs) And of course, me and my friends did uh, do, do our little, uh, it was a tour that we did, um, It was, you know, it it was the two weeks between Christmas and New Year's Day, and we were, we, we, uh, I can't say where we were because I don't want to get into, but uh, we, we, we did a, it was a bunch of barges, back to 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 back, Moose lodges, VFW halls. Um, you know like uh, beef and beer type places because there was no gigs for that two week period we were fine but it's like you know if you get an opportunity to perform in front of you know big crowds of people that are really glad to have a comedy show when they normally wouldn't have a comedy show it makes sense to do so and we did it was a great thing I got a tape um out of one of those shows that literally was so good it looked like a it was like there was a big crowd there that had a nice backdrop there that they put together the sound was good i don't even know how to it, it, it was really really good and i got i got tons of work off of that videotape which was fantastic so it worked out great but sometimes you got to use a person's lie pattern against them you got to do it you don't want to do it but you got to do it sometimes you got to find out who you're dealing with and I use that punk ass bastard's live pattern against his punk ass I should say what city I'm talking about nah I'm not going to do that (laughs) even after all these years so uh, you know I don't even know why I brought that up I'm I'm complaining I'm complaining yeah I'm not, I don't like complaining except for professionally. <laughs> you yeah. know, like here or in a stand up act, I'll complain about stuff. But, but then when it comes to real life, ah, eh, who wants to be here? And you want to hear somebody complain all the time. You don't want to hear that crap. That kind of drains the life out of you when somebody does that, doesn't it? You show up and the first thing they do oh, everything blows, everything sucks. And you're going, oh, God, really? Oh, everything's wrong. Everything stinks. And it becomes a habit of them complaining all the time. Well, stop complaining, man. Nobody cares. Even if it's a justifiable complaint, even if an objective person can look at it and go, you know what? You should complain about that. I got news for you. No one wants to hear that crap. So I'm not going to complain anymore.
1: You're going to stop complaining.
0: Yes, I'm going to no complaining, no whining about stuff. None of it. I'm done complaining.
1: You know, your podcast is basically going to be you saying hello to your audience, and then that's it.
0: Yeah, I do. I, I do kind of complain in the podcast a lot, don't
1: I? That's all you do is complain. I mean, you got some nice sketches and crap that you write. I mean, you know, that sketch you just did about the about the family with the rich people. That, I mean, and
0: I mean, that was that was a sketch. It was kind of that a lot of that actually happened.
1: I know that, but you always embellish to make for comedic purposes. But what I'm saying is, you complain a lot on the show yeah and i'm saying i'm the one that organizes your notes for stand-up and i know that there's a lot of complaining in that
0: yeah we are yeah but it's funny oh
1: it's very funny very funny
0: thank you but um you know i'm just saying like a normal like normal life i mean i'm, I'm a i'm an inter- I'm a professional entertainer so you know i mean it's a catharsis when i do it i mean people come to me and then i complain about the kind of stuff that they can relate to and then they laugh at it and they feel better and then they go home or in the case of the podcast they you know they listen to it in their car. a lot of people listen to me in their cars and at the gym and truck drivers and you know people, you know people that you know, you know there's people in different countries and stuff listening to me and you know like in Canada and Great Britain and Australia and you know all over the the country and they like this stuff you know
1: yeah, I understand that I understand that. but what I'm saying is
0: that oh, No, what i'm what I'm saying is that it's not the same thing when I complain in the podcaster and stand-up it's not really the same thing as i mean when you you've you've met me you know me right i mean you don't hear me complaining about crap in real life
1: no that's that's, that's true you don't really complain about much I, I gotta be i gotta hand it to you
0: yeah because it's like you know because if i complain all day every day like a lot of people do then by the time it comes time to do the podcast or finish writing the stand-up back i would feel like i have already said everything already and i wouldn't be you know so juiced up to talk about it in the podcast you know but you know, if I complain about something, I kind of store it in my mind and then I write it into a sketch for the podcast or a monologue for the podcast and then I've mean, once it's recorded and, you know, all the people that listen, all the Bastard Army that listens to me, hashtag Bastard Army, uh, when they listen to me, then uh, they like it and, you know, hey, it was great. I like that thing you did about you're the greatest. Da-da-da-ba. You know, that, that's cool. That's that's why I do it. And,
1: you know, when you come to think of it, you're right. I mean, I it sound, it seems to me like you complain a lot, but I'm here when you're putting your show together when you're working in up.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you know, when we're just hanging out, um, you don't hear me complain a lot
1: well technically this is just you doing another voice to the right side of the microphone i don't really exist
0: yeah but they don't know that
1: they've been listening to you for five years stupid they know it's you
0: (laughs) anyway uh folks uh i just want to say
1: thank you for coming
0: (laughs) this has been episode number 329 329 of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. Uh, un- unless some kind of... Unless my my equipment blows up, there won't be any more delays. There won't be... Well, I've never had a delay, but there won't be any more um, uh, weeks off if I can help it. Because uh, like I said, I had a really bad technical problem that just took me such a long time to fix. There was nothing I can do about it. So I apologize for that. Like I said, I, I like to do a, a podcast every week. Even when I go back out on the road and I start performing, uh, the, the sound quality might be a little different because I'm probably... Depending on how far I go, uh, I'm probably going to have to podcast um, from my phone. So I'll have to do it that way. So it might be a little different. But for the most part, uh, I'm going to try to do one every week. Unless I become a really big star, then um, how can I put this? The hell with you losers. <laughs> I, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, When I just said the hell with you losers, I was talking to somebody else who was in the office right now. Uh, his name is Frank. You losers. So I was just saying to hell with him. I definitely wasn't talking about y'all because that would be wrong. (laughs) Fake voice. Could you could you say something to distract the people from the fact that I got caught?
1: No, bro. This is once again, this is just you talking to the side of the microphone. And uh, since this is really just you, um, I also feel guilty for the fact that you just said that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, Uh, folks, this podcast. (laughs) Forgive me, please. Uh, This podcast uh, is everywhere. Uh, it's on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play Podcast, and the home base is Podbean. So if you're not subscribed, please do so. And if you're not subscribed, do it. Get a friend to subscribe. Tell everybody you know about this podcast. You've been listening to this crap for five years, damn it! Tell everybody you know. Tell your relatives. Walk down the street and ask a person that's listening to their phone on their headphones. Go, hey, buddy, what are you listening to? And they're gonna go, I'm listening to this new album by. And then what I want you to do is go turn that crap off and go listen to the S. Anthony says podcast. I don't care what that crap is you're listening to, damn it! You're listening to S. Anthony says. And then follow them down the street until you see them down downloading my episode and okay that'll get you arrested just recommended the people don't don't do that and also I don't want to get sued if y'all do some stuff like that so (laughs) just politely recommend the show (laughs) moving on this this podcast is everywhere folks so just do that now there's a YouTube channel I'm going to begin using that soon it's S. Anthony says so go to YouTube look up S. Anthony says subscribe and hit the bell the notification bell I'm on Instagram at s anthony thomas surprise facebook got my own page there it's verified it's s anthony says there's a blue check mark right there to let you know that it's actually me actually my page actually verified by facebook damn it so go like that And, of course, I have two Twitter pages. One Twitter page is for me specifically. It's at S. Anthony Thomas. My name, so at S. Anthony Thomas. Go follow that, you bastards. And this show, my podcast, our
1: podcast,
0: is at S. Anthony Says. Also follow that. Now, what I'm going to start doing is basically keeping all the podcast stuff, for the most part, on the podcast Twitter. I'll I'll, I'll retweet a couple things over to to the main page. But, uh, you know, I don't want to flood the main page with we'll just put podcast stuff all the time unless I feel like it. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Folks, much love to you all, man. You've been with me for a long period of time uh, in October. I think October 22nd um, will be the five year anniversary of this particular podcast. I want to thank you guys for sticking with me for all this time. All my bastard army everywhere in every country, thank you very much. Much love to you. Thank you for the email. Oh, okay. I almost forgot. How the hell am I going to forget to give you the damn email address? The email address, I know. I don't. This, this, every time I say this, there's going to be somebody emailing, we've been listening to you all this time, man. We know what the email address is.
1: But there's new people listening all the time. They might not know the email address, bro.
0: So here's the email address. Talk to Santhony at gmail.com T-A-L-K-T O S A N T H O N Y at symbol Gmail G M A I L dot com. Okay. Much love to you all. I will actually be here next week to do another podcast. Yeah, technical issues solved. (laughs) Much love to every last one of you bastards. And I'm going to say goodbye to you the way I always say goodbye to you. I'm going to do it on the count of three. And I want you to do it with me. Are you ready? Of course you are. Here we go. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out.